Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. This is Mutiny Radio. It is Friday, March 24th, 2017. We're getting started here. That was just J.D. Buell with Morning Train, playing lots of great music. And we opened up the show with a song introduced to me by a friend of mine named Elon, and that song is called California Soul by Marlena Shaw. So thank you, Elon, for that suggestion. Very lovely. It is raining here today in San Francisco, which is good for the plants and the earth and the trees and the rivers and every place that needs water. So that's pretty good. I've got, uh, I'm going to get settled in here. Got a bit of a late start this morning as, as it happens sometimes. I usually bike down to the station and when it rains, I head over on foot. So getting settled in here. I've got two great guests coming into the station today. One person is already here, very lucky to have him, and that's uh, Edwin Carmona Cruz, who's from uh, La Raza Centro Legal. So we'll be talking with him around 12.30. And also we'll be talking with Annie Danger, who is one of the uh, people who has produced an event called The White Stuff, which is an anti-racist boot camp, which is an experimental piece. So looking forward to hearing about that as well. 
usually start off the show with a bit of a rant. There's a lot to rant about. I'm actually in a good mood today because I did not have a dystopian nightmare last night, as uh, I and many folks have been having <laughs> over the past few months. So I'm very grateful for that. Part of this has been due to people fighting back and people standing up for one another. There's a lot of situations where it seems things are precarious, things are dangerous, and when folks can fight back, uh, there's a really a big sense of relief. And I was speaking with a, a friend yesterday about how a lot of the things that we're grateful for and happy about are when situations that could go worse are prevented from happening. And something like that did happen yesterday, uh, something that was prevented, that could have been a lot worse. I've mentioned before on the show, and certainly a bit online, that folks have been protesting outside the Planned Parenthood on Valencia Street in San Francisco for a while now, and it's very frustrating. And the first time I saw this and went by there, I had a few words with them and got very agitated. And then I went into the clinic and I asked the folks working there, what's the best way to deal with folks like this who are outside delivering misinformation? Uh, It's really extremely harmful and frustrating and a waste of everyone's time. And they suggested it's best just not to engage with them at all. You can either donate, you can put out the word, support folks who use the clinic, etc. And I appreciate that and want to respect that. And I've also heard from other folks as well saying that the best thing is just to keep in mind the patients there. And you don't want to really create a scene in front of the clinic. You don't want to, because if folks are walking in, they might not know whose side you're on, etc., etc. It's best just to make sure that folks can kind of walk in and be as as calm as possible and not have to deal with any nonsense. And I appreciate that. And then I'm also thinking at the same time, it's this idea of to a degree that I would guess goes along the line of ignoring that something really problematic is happening and what happens when you see something that's really problematic and how, how do you go about changing it or stopping it uh, all the while protecting folks who are the most likely to be affected by it. So I see them all the time. <laughs> And I, if I ride my bike by there, if I walk by there, and it's, I'm clenching my fists, I'm holding my tongue, and it's very hard for me not to say anything or agitate or be disruptive. Whew. So this happened, of course, yesterday, so I didn't say anything. And then, lo and behold, uh, some of the folks who are the anti-choice protesters, because I don't believe that they are pro-life. If they were pro-life, they'd be out there helping refugees or protesting against like the death penalty or advocating against police brutality. Instead, they're more or less telling women what to do with their bodies. And I don't think that's pro-life. So I was at El Rio, which is a mostly, it's a, known as a queer bar in the, in the neighborhood. And uh, I was sitting there, and there's a scuffle out front. And it turns out some folks who were coming towards the, to the bar had gone into it with some of the anti-choice protesters. And the anti-choice protesters had followed them to the bar. They got into a disagreement. Some of the folks came into the bar and were like, what the fuck was that? Pretty disgruntled and upset, obviously, and left it at that. Meanwhile, the anti-choice protesters were still outside the bar and were causing a scene for the most part. About 15, 20 minutes go by, and they're still they're waiting outside the bar. There was a few of them. And uh, who should show up but the police? And so they had called the police against folks, against pro-choice folks, pretty much is what happened. The police showed up. And now, if you know me, if you've been talking to me at all in my life, if you follow me online, you know, I'm not a fan of the institution of police and the history of it. It's disgusting and it's a huge problem. And that's putting it mildly. So to have anti-choice folks and police officers together in front of a mostly queer bar 
is just, oh, I mean, to have them anywhere, I feel like it's the antithesis. It's like the opposite. You think about combinations of good things like chocolate and peanut butter, for instance, things that make people happy. And then I think about combinations of things that make me really upset. And that would be anti-choice protesters and police officers. Just to see them both there, especially in that space, was just ugh, sickening. So I see that, you know, they're, they're talking out front. And I was sitting at the bar with a cup of hot tea in my hand. And I was thinking, of course, about the Compton Cafeteria riot, which started when police raided a, a cafe. And with the intention of arresting trans and queer folks. And folks in the restaurant fought back. And it started with a woman tossing her coffee in an officer's face. So I was sitting at the bar with my cup of hot tea, thinking about that. And being very calm, because I do get agitated very easily, and there's a lot to be upset about, and I'm, I get very suspicious of people who aren't angry right now, who aren't upset about the state of the world. Not that you have to be upset about everything. Uh, for folks who just want to uphold the status quo, I think that's just as much problematic, just as problematic as folks who are causing the trouble, because you're kind of allowing it to happen and not speaking out against it. So sitting at the bar, whew, eventually the cops come in, and then they, they pull out the, some of the people who had had an argument with the anti-choice protesters, and then they went outside. And now, thankfully, we are in a place where folks are aware of what the police are capable of. And people, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people filed outside to cop watch, to record it, and just to be there for support. And it happened, they're out there for a while, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Eventually, the folks went back inside, and then something happened where they had to go out again. Long story short, no one was detained, no one was hurt by the police physically, and so that was a victory. And this was the kind of thing where it could have easily happened. And I was speaking with someone who was there, and they mentioned that if the amount of people hadn't gone outside to watch, he, they are very certain that someone would have been arrested. <sighs> So, on one hand, you know, we're very grateful that the community showed up and supported. And it's also so frustrating that this is the kind of thing that a lot of us are aware of and that, that happens. And then the good things are that we're grateful that no one was hurt and that no one was arrested. And also another discussion that I thought was interesting to, to share was the idea that some folks think that they, they can just call the police for anything or that the police are going to be there to help them. And for a lot of us... We know that's not the case. The police are not here to help us. And most of the time, they make things worse. So this is a very interesting uh, side to be on to, to witness that. Huh. Okay, so I wanted to share that. And again, just grateful that no one was hurt. And it, it does, it definitely, it triggers people. And it is traumatizing to have the, the officers there, especially in a space like that. And it's hard not to think about the history of the queer rights movement and recognizing that a lot of these, the riots that pushed forward the, you know, gay, gay pride happened because people were defending themselves against police in bars. That's the origins of it. And I think for certain generations that people are unaware that people used to get arrested for cross-dressing. People were arrested. People could not be openly gay. People would get fired. And sure, like around the country, there's even some spots where that's still legal to get fired or to be discriminated against in health or housing. And I think we're seeing some more of that too. People are feeling more inclined to speak out, to be able to discriminate. And they'll, they'll hide it under this idea of, oh, it's my, my religion says it's okay for me to discriminate. 
So we're still seeing some of this, and I feel it's dangerous for folks not to know the history of that and where that, what this country was like before. And I think it also has to do with colonialism and the idea that folks coming into this country with this idea of how things should be, and it's just a lot of misogyny, and it's the patriarchy and this idea of telling people what they can or cannot do, and it's extremely damaging. So I wanted to just to share that with folks and to recognize we've come a long way and there's still a long way to go. Folks may have heard of there's a bus that's, it was in Spain, and it's not the same bus. There's a bus that's sponsored by the, uh, there's a few right-wing organizations, too many. One, one organization's too many. And uh, NOM, N-O-M, which is not like nom, 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 like I'm eating something, but more like the, we're, we want to protect the idea of marriage, even though I'm sure a lot of these folks have been married multiple times and are perhaps cheating on their spouses and or closeted. So it's the, the folks who fought against gay marriage or same-sex marriage, however one wants to frame that, are now really picking more on trans folks because they feel like they've lost that battle. So uh, National Organization for Marriage, International Organization for the Family, and Citizen Go, which are all anti-queer and anti-trans groups, uh, they've they've put together a bus, and they put folks on a bus to go around and try to convince people that trans people don't exist. And as a trans person, uh, it's, I mean, first it's, again, to even waste one's breath to talk about this kind of nonsense that this is happening is just, it makes me very sad for humanity in a lot of ways. And it's also dangerous given the number of uh, trans people who are killed. There's so many this year alone, there's at least seven trans women of color who have been murdered. There's violence, there's physical violence, sexual violence. There's people trying to pass bills. There's attacks on trans youth. We're seeing it all, all across the country. And for these folks to get a bus, and it has, I'm not even going to read their message because I don't want to even repeat it, but it's pretty bad. It's just, it's lies and it's transphobic and it's terrible. So they got this bus with these horrible messages on it. And thankfully, the bus has already had some graffiti on it and some keys. People have keyed it. And also, apparently someone took a baseball bat and smashed the windshield a bit. So here's to more of that. Here's to more of that fighting back. And I think that's part of the reason I actually had a good dream last night was this sense of, of fighting back. Because a lot of us are aware of transphobia and white supremacy and misogyny and xenophobia. If we can go down the list, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, any behavior that is against someone based on their identity. A lot of us who are part of any marginalized group are aware of that when we experience either microaggressions, macroaggressions in our lives. It's very clear to us. And for folks who don't experience that, there's a lot of, they can add to the victim blaming or the gaslighting or, oh, I'm I'm sure it's not so bad. And it's extremely frustrating to hear that, to have to defend, not only to defend yourself, to have to convince someone that what you're feeling and what you're experiencing is true. And there's a lot of behavior that we're, we're seeing in a lot of places that's really problematic. So when we see a bus that's so explicitly transphobic, there's evidence. And I don't think anyone should have to, shouldn't believe that there is transphobia exists. It's just that it happens. It's There's never a day that goes by that's ever gone, day, gone in my life where I haven't thought about it or felt it in some regard, even from well-meaning people. 
so to see people fight back against this bus, this symbolism that, hey, we fucking exist, fuck you, makes me feel great. And I'd like to see more of that. And there's that, this is what we're going to do. This is a way of showing up and saying that we're here and that you're not, it's not okay to do this. And a lot of these folks, these fascists, because they are fascists, they want to hide under the banner of free speech. Like, it's, it's okay for, it's like, it's free speech. We can say whatever we want. And a lot of us are saying, okay, that's not quite the case. And if you do say whatever you want, please know that there are going to be repercussions. You can't go around telling people that they don't exist and not expect people to get angry and then cry. Nothing that, nothing, actually, there's nothing wrong with crying. I don't want to say that. You can't go around and tell people they can't exist and really enforce really problematic ideation and then not expect people to fight back. And when they do fight back, don't say, oh, they, oh they're, they're so not tolerant. I mean, can you imagine if there was anti-Christian supremacy groups around saying, you can't exist? I can't even imagine. We all just want to like live in peace. We just want to walk down the street, do what we can do without without fear from harm. And these folks really, they, they won't let that happen. Huh. So, wanting to really, yeah, share that. So I'm going to check in on a few things, and in the meantime, I'm going to play some more music for everyone. This song was on my mind a bit. And Azalia is here. So, Azalia can come on in if you want to have a seat. Oh, thank you. Sure. Um, we can chat for a bit, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. This one? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to play some music, and we can also just start talking right away since you're here, if Beautiful. you'd like. I, I would love to. Yeah. So, are you excited for that event today? Yeah, very much so. Oh, it was so nice yesterday. Awesome. Yeah, I'm curious to hear about it. Oh, so many friends, so many good food, so much good food and free massages. Oh, awesome. And it's awesome seeing the white people being downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we did a we did a run through this uh, the previous week, and so like we went through the what it was like, and it was yeah. very. Yeah, there's a, like a lot to unpack, and there's of course that you know idea like it's very well intentioned, and even with well intentioned things can go very awry. Yeah. So, exactly. um, I'm really grateful to hear that you know folks had a good. Ex- awesome. That's that's so great. <laughs> I yeah. Know. So uh, yes, never felt so liberated just to be around all those people at that's one time. <laughs> awesome. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, you're welcome to share more. We can also just take a music yeah. break. And Let's see. do a break. I'm all right. Right on, cool. So this is a song that's been on my mind for a bit too, and it's by Feist, and it's called Past and Present. I love and Feist. yeah, and it's like this idea that like oh, just kind of dealing with history, and I feel like on a political level too, it's not like everything that happened that bad that happened in the past is somehow gone. It's still very much here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what she was going for. It's probably more just like this is my personal life. Oh, relationships, blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> transcends. <laughs> yeah, it transcends it. So here we go. Yes.
Hello, and uh, welcome back. Uh, we have a phone call. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Annie? Yes. Hi, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I'm um, here with uh, Azalia, who was at the event last night and really enjoyed it. Oh, totally. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Good so um, yeah, please feel free to, to speak about the event, anything you'd like to share about the process, uh, about intentions, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you already described the event? I uh, haven't described it too much yet. Oh, great. I feel like that would be a start. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boot camp. It's about whiteness. Um, it's com- slightly more complex than it looks from the front. <laughs> Maybe that's enough. It's experiential. It's about feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so what was the the intention for creating the event? Um, the goal was to come at this sort of ongoing, slower moving than it ought to be discussion of among whites about like how we uphold white supremacy Mm -hmm. um, from this like special angle that sort of weird experiential art can do, which is really speaking in emotional language and speaking through experience to sort of bring people to like different perspectives from which they can discuss uh, sort of weirdly quickly. Art is a weird shortcut (laughs) as far as language and words are concerned. Um, And to really like just add um, add a little to that ongoing conversation from other angles, uh, besides the like studied and, and well-behaved angles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the main goal. And then to really do our best to give a gift to and take care of folks of color involved in the process, which has been, you know, I can't say if that's successful or not, but you could ask people. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome seeing how you just dealt with the issues head on. It was very very nice to see people not being so uh, sensitive towards white people about it and being sensitive towards the other half. Oh, if you want to speak up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was nice. Were you there last night? Uh, Me? Yeah. Yes, I was Sharon LeBeige. Ah, okay. I came at the, like, last hour or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I might have been downstairs by then. Yeah, I, I am sort of the the lead drill instructor and so I Mm. give people their sort of opening pep talk and then catch them at the back end and give them a closing pep talk ah interesting yeah yeah I had no idea what it was like downstairs for the white people but I was very interested (laughs) I would tell you about that but I don't want to tell the whole public about that because I don't want to spoil the surprise I know yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) well yeah as we go down into the basement it gets deeper yeah. Oddly enough. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very liberating upstairs, but I could tell there's a lot going on oh, downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the discussions that I heard people having downstairs was really awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was happy. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to being there this evening. And I felt with the with the run through earlier this week it was definitely <laughs> You know, there's certainly a lot to be, uh, you know, a little bit like cautious of, mm-hmm. and at the same time, just really grateful that this space is existing so we can move forward. In Absolutely. This way. Yep. 
Yeah. No, it was yeah, one of my main notes to my cast last night from last night for tonight is like you could be a little meaner. <laughs> that up a notch. <laughs> totally. So, I mean it's good. We're trying to be careful. We have like zero interest in sending angry damaged white people out in the world to be more dangerous than we already are, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's been a lot of discussion of that on the Facebook page about it, about people being concerned about that. So we're really trying to Ah, be sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. The, the, I was wondering on my way there because I'm, I'm white passing, but I'm Mexican. So it was interesting. The whole way on on my way over there, I was like, I wonder if they're going to like check my ID or how are they going to, no, for sure. But luckily, I'm like, my name's Asalia Martinez. I want to go upstairs. So it's very nice. But then there's that sign right by the elevator that, you know, it says we're trying to be sensitive, but we can't assume. But it's supposed to be a safe place for people of color. So it's really nice to see that just blatantly put up. Like, don't be sensitive, oh. but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that came out of this, you know, this ongoing really discussion with Lori, who's been our door person last night and tonight, mm-hmm. um, who's got one of the like trickiest jobs there, uh, you yeah. know, because she's, she's there to sort of be like, this is a permeable boundary, kind of, yeah. but how am I discerning between white fuckery and non-white mm-hmm. needing to be up here? Yep, exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah, I know. And that's part of... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, you know Denise? She was downstairs. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to work at a cafe, and I served her for a couple of years, actually. And wild. Yeah. And she, I know. It was pretty awesome. And I, saw, I was like, I know you. But um, she had... Uh, some some people from upstairs had been telling her to go upstairs. You know, they're like, you should check it out. And it was really nice for hearing her be like, no, I'm, I'm not supposed to go up there. No, I don't want to get in trouble. I'll stay down here. You guys have fun. So... <laughs> That was nice. She's good people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so folks want to come check it out. It's happening again tonight and tomorrow night at Counterpulse in the Tenderloin. Yes. Good times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we have another uh, guest coming in uh, very, very shortly. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share, Annie? Mm, I no, I don't. It's it's a real big experiment, so I'd be happy to hear what people think. Awesome, yeah, Sweet. I'd love to have you in here uh, afterwards, so we can we can uh, delve more into it. Yeah, I won't be so busy that I forget to come in. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> That's cool. No, I'm glad you're able to call in. So yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, Sharon tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, cool. thank you both. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for calling in. And again, you can go to. Uh, the white stuff, which is happening uh, tonight and tomorrow night at Counterpulse in the Tenderloin, and I'll read off the more specific info. It's close to the Powell Street BART station, and it's a really awesome space. So that's happening again uh, tonight and tomorrow night, and I'll finish up the program with reading all the specific information that you need to know. So coming up next, uh, we have a guest coming in, and I will be playing some music in the meantime. So here's another song that's been on my mind, and every time I hear about some fuckery, speaking of fuckery, which is a great word to use, I think uh, about yes. Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and all those fucks. <laughs> I think about this song by the coup called The Guillotine and how we need to bring the guillotine back. Yes. So I think that's pretty astute. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a bit.
thank you for flying with us. We know you could've stayed home, just cried and cussed. May all your guns go off if it's time to bust. May all their tanks have time to rust. They got the armies turning bullets into gold. They got the hookers turning tricks into code. And every time the police kicks in the dough, an angel gas breaks dips in the O. And even if a D-boy flips in my O, it ain't enough to buy shit anymore. Sleep in the doorway, piss on the floor. Look in the sky, wait for missiles to show. It's finna blow, cause they got the TV, we got the truth. They own the judges and we got the proof. We got hella people, they got helicopters, they got the bombs, and we got the, we got the, we got the Welcome back to the Weekly Review! <laughs> Joined here by Edwin Carmona Cruz and Azalia Martinez. Thanks hello, for being hello. here. Yes. Yeah, so Edwin, you um, you work with the uh, La Raza Centro Legal. Yes, yes I do. You're on 16th and Valencia here in San Francisco. We've awesome. been there for 44 years now in Snap. June. Yes, That's so we're great. super excited for it. Yay. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Yeah, so we had met uh, recently. We were uh, 
doing some work with uh, the Bay Area Queer Anti-Fascist Network, and that's how we, we met. So I'm really grateful that we're doing some more work within the within the community here. Of course, no. Thank you. Again, thank you so much yeah. for inviting me. And, you know, this is such a, a unique experience and a good opportunity to talk about the struggles that we that we face and um, the work that La Raza Centro Legal is doing in San Francisco oh. and in the Bay Area. Yeah, so please, um, yeah, feel free to, to start with wherever you'd like. We can talk about like, the history of the organization or what's happening now. Of course. And actually, interestingly enough, um, my executive director and I, Vicky Castro, we have been talking about, how you know, the inception of La Raza and how it happened. And it came out of the Chicano movement, right? And so a lot of of um, the 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 creation of our agency happened because there was a need, right? And so there was, you know, six law students and a, and a community organizer who was actually 17 years at the time. So they waited until she was 18 to become a founding member of La Raza Centro Legal. Oh. And so they found a need, uh, or they, they they identified the need of legal services and empowerment in our communities because at the time, still what's happening now, you know, there the raids and there is um, criminalization of immigrants and just their mere existence of being in San Francisco and in the country. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to empower and provide legal services to to the community and so they've when we have done that of course we have faced battle after battle and uphill um constant up going uphill for that and and we look back at our history and we realize that it's the same tactics anti-immigrant rhetoric same tactics are being used today mm-hmm. as they were being used back in the in 1960s 1970s during these these movements yep. so we we are and it's you know, and I always encourage people to take ethnic studies, to take you know Latino Americano studies or Asian Pacific Islander studies or Native American studies to really learn the counter rhetoric of. Uh, what is happening right now? We are trained to learn about um, Eurocentric history, yep. and what the actual counter history of that is is the history of people, mm-hmm. of people of color. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just really interesting now that all this is happening, and we're learning all about you know about it, and it's just really, really cool. I know. Yeah. It's funny how we take up the majority of the planet, yet we only learn about this tiny little place called Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, and so it was always, you know what, it's always really interesting because people always tell me like, oh, well, I didn't major in international studies or Latin American studies. And sometimes I feel like it's kind of a shame that you you have to go out of your way to learn your own history, yes. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. And, and we think about um, the times where someone like myself, you know, my parents are immigrants from Mexico and, and um, they came here almost 30 years ago now. And so when we went to school and thankfully, you know, I'm originally from Azusa, California. So shout out to Azusa 626. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and so we were, uh, thankfully uh, my school district was, was very pro-immigrant and they realized the, the, the community's needs, right? But for most schools and in other classrooms that I was in, um, you know, we were not encouraged to continue speaking Spanish or learning Spanish or learning our history, right? So you think about, okay, well, you know, learn English and learn to speak it and write it and this, this, and that. And um, you look at schools in San Francisco and other schools and there's like these immersion dual language schools and, you know, people are are seen as worldly and, oh, they learn two languages. How, how worldly international are they? But when you look at someone like myself, an immigrant child, you, you think about, well, you know, if I'm speaking Spanish and English, I'm seen as, oh, you're that immigrant, you're that brown kid, and, you know, learn English well. And it's like, well, you know what? I have, I learned, I know two languages, I know two histories, I know two, you know, cultures uh, that are uniquely mine, you know, and you only know one. 
Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, you're like, so I'm better, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that it, it, it's such constant uh, learning, constant of uh, revolutionizing yourself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's... It, you just look at the contrast of, like, worldly people of middle, upper class who are able to spend money mm-hmm. in these all-inclusive schools and dual language immersion schools. And it's, you know, again, it's so worldly and, oh, you're so experienced and whatnot. But it's like, because a paper and a school... I, I went to didn't provide that for me I'm not worldly enough am I not qualified mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. you know so it's just interesting uh, histories yeah. I think time has changed a lot too is when I was growing up luckily I look white so if I speak <laughs> Spanish and English they think oh where do you learn Spanish and I'm like from my mom <laughs> and my nana uh-uh. but if I'm dark skinned it'd probably be the same thing They're like oh your your families they're immigrants they look at me and they're like oh wow how fancy mm. i know i was poor I, I, I have to talk to my grandma so i got to talk spanish and you know but i think also back in the day i know a lot of uh parents are regretting not teaching their kids spanish because they were ashamed to be immigrants so they mm-hmm. didn't want their kids to speak spanish and they're like learning english i know a lot of kids who could only understand spanish but they can't speak it mm-hmm. which i find mm-hmm. just that's disappointing well you know what actually it took me such a long time to understand that and and you know and something that we need to take account is you know we really can't blame the the parents or the people you know because we don't know their experiences Mm -hmm. and it took me such a long time because I looked at myself and I was like well I did it well my mom did it well this you know but that's the same exact attitude that our counterparts do against us right and so we need to really be aware of that and it's and it's true like even to say 20 years ago people were not being encouraged to speak two languages. And again, it's that mentality of, Mm -hmm. well, if my kids speak fluent English and my kids are, you know, well-educated and if my kids, you know, X, Y, and Z, then they won't have the issues that that we face. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, um, you know, God bless my mother. She's a chingona. I absolutely love her to death (laughs) and my my dad and, um, you know, two hardworking people, you know, who came to the country and, you know, and um, they... They said no. They said that in our house we spoke Spanish, and we made. They made sure. They said you are not going to be, you know, and uh, I don't want to say an embarrassment, but you like you're going to learn Spanish. You're going to learn English. You're going to know both cultures because mm-hmm. they wanted us to never forget where we came from. Yeah, yeah. and it, as an yeah, yeah, and as an immigrant child, you are, you know, you. It's so exhausting because you have to prove that your parents' sacrifice was worth it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and 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 there's this this stigma of okay, and this pressure of I have to succeed. I don't have room for error. I have to be that business owner. I have to be that educator or that advocate for my community because if I'm not, then I'm an embarrassment or I'm uh, una decepción. I'm a disappointment to my family and my culture. So there's so many factors, you know, that come about being an immigrant child or someone, a people of color because we face that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of challenges. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I feel that my, uh, so my grandparents came over from Eastern Europe, so I, Mm -hmm more like second generation so but hearing about what my you know mother went through with how to yeah how to exist and like assimilate in some ways Mm -hmm. and then also the when you know folks come here with the idea either for a better life or to escape danger in another place you know what does that mean and then when you're when one is born in this in this country then it's a different yeah it's a different perspective Mm -hmm. and how does one 
it's just like any relationship between parent and child is complicated and then you add that into the mix yeah and it's it's different yeah. of course yeah and 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 to just piggyback off of that so in you know at la raza center legal we we not only provide legal services because we know legal services is such a, a privilege correct like you know a, you know and having good work from an attorney costs a lot of money so our mission is to provide free to low bono uh, services to the community, you know, in terms of our immigration department, which is our biggest department right now, uh, immigration, workers' rights, uh, you know, wage theft and and exploitation of workers, housing, eviction defense, which is a huge issue in San Francisco. And last but not least, our senior law department, which is uh, with dealing with federal benefits, state and federal benefits, and, Mm -hmm. you know, just the exploitation and also elder abuse of people who, you know, are, you know, are predators to people who are 65 years and older. Mm-hmm. And are calling them at like five o'clock in the morning saying, hey, I need your social security number. You owe me $10,000. And these seniors, you know, can't hear or have a lot of other issues. And then they feel like they have to do that. And now they're paying this random account, $10,000, yep. you know, or they're getting their, their federal benefits cut for whatever reason. And, you know, trying to pull a fast one on them. And so what we like to do and we're a model that we're doing now, and it's along the lines of our, our gala um, happening June 16th okay. of this year awesome. at the Julie Morgan Ballroom. Hey. <laughs> so plug there um so what's happening and so what we're trying to uh, our theme for that is roots resilience and resistance and so we're going back to roots and it's not just providing legal services for the community but the empowerment the advocacy you know giving our community members the tools to act with agency you know so because we're not going to be there with them at all times the capacity is just so big and the need is so big that attorneys cannot be there every single moment of the way but we can do is teaching them how to fish right teaching them your rights know your rights if the ice comes to your house you know exactly how to act if yeah. you're at the restaurant at the workplace you know exactly what to do mm-hmm. so that's the model that we were, we're doing and we're very very proud of that and again we're we we like to empower and we like to check our privilege as citizen-born immigrants and latinos in san francisco to so say you know what my parents benefited from this one amnesty that is also inherently racist but and and but now it's my time as an educated person to give back to my community making sure people in our community are also empowered and have some sort of you know uh consul or legal or get legal good legal advice because obviously we know that there are some uh quote-unquote immigration consultants or notarios stay away from notarios by the way um giving bad information you know and so we are making sure that we um, give our community members tools to succeed and have social and economic advancement. That's I, awesome. I hadn't heard the term notarios before. Yeah, I never, see it written all the time, but I never <laughs> thought they just, I don't know. Well, you know what? Notarios, it's really interesting because in Latin America, notarios are having someone, you know, someone has a notary is someone actually higher than an attorney in some countries. Oh. Oh. So people from, you know, Mexico, Central America, South oh. America, they come to the country and think, oh, there's a notario there. Oh, they no. know what they're talking about, but in the United States, it has a different meaning. Yep. And so, these people are not equipped and not trained to give good legal advice. Wow. That reminds me exactly of the the anti-choice folks who want to pass out misinformation about where women can get <laughs> like information about abortion services, for instance. And then I don't know if that's like similar in a way, but this idea mm-hmm. of like false information mm-hmm. to dissuade people from actual help. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it it is awful. And actually, you know, our our agency. Um, 
um, started a lawsuit against a notario here in San Francisco because oh. they were giving bad advice to people. And so they were promising an outcome and saying, oh, you qualify for asylum. And actually they had no asylum claim, you know, or they had been here more than a year um, to file the asylum application. Or oh. they said that, oh, I can get you a work permit. It's like, no, a work permit comes with a parent application, with a bigger application. And so what they were doing is charging this astronomical prices for these applications and guaranteeing outcomes and obviously as an attorney I'm, I'm a um, now it's called Department of Justice accredited representative so according to the DOJ DHS uh, CBP um, I am an accredited representative and I could give legal advice and I, I work under attorneys and I can sign off like an attorney can and, and represent clients at the at USCIS US uh, United States Citizenship, Citizenship and Immigration Services so I, I can do that yeah. um, I am legally uh, allowed to do that but That's these awesome. notaries and immigration consultants don't have that uh, accreditation you know they're not they're not working for a nonprofit everything's for for profit but anyways they are charging astronomical yeah. amounts to to clients and obviously with the desesperacion they're desperate for papers. immigration relief and papers and yeah. someone says papeles and they're like oh my god papers i need them yeah. and it's the need and just just to work yeah. right it's yep. just to work and mm-hmm. I, and people when you know when daca came out and and they had worker authorization documents we had seen and studies have shown a 40 percent income increase mm-hmm. after they received a work permit mm-hmm. okay just mm-hmm. a work permit and daca is not a legal status for anything it's just a protection not being deported for two years mm-hmm. and that was an act under president obama thankfully that was that was not because obama you know we you know we love obama but um <laughs> that was not given through Obama because he was so nice about it. It was because the dreamers, the documented yeah. people, the 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 um, the young folks who worked so hard, they pushed the government to enact an executive order that way. Awesome. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's like always comes from the people, and that also I'm just thinking of like parallels um, from the and from like queer history where like folks who from like suffering from HIV and AIDS really had to force you know the FDA in terms of like finding like. Uh, medicine for people and like they were the ones who really had to force the conversation and to push it forward to yeah. get, make sure people were being taken care of oh totally so we owe DACA yes. to the dreamers we owe DACA mm-hmm. to the community who asked for it so again you know and they're again the desesperacion and, and, and needing papers and papeles and que no se que mm-hmm. and, and so people will you know they'll tell you oh it's I'll, I'll charge you $1,500 for this application and it's like you can get that mm-hmm. for free at a community organization mm-hmm. um, and, and folks are listening you know check out S, um, SF Island, the San Francisco Immigrant Legal Education Network, and SFILDC, the San Francisco Immigrant Legal Defense Collaborative. And these are, it's about 23 nonprofit uh, nonprofits in the city providing direct legal services to the community, whether they're uh, Chinese, Asian Pacific Islander, Latinos, uh, you know, Central American refugees, uh, whether they're um, African um, immigrants. So we provide legal service, direct legal services to the community. And this was, um, again, this this came out and this was born out of HR 4437. And that was criminalizing immigrants and birthright citizenship. And, and again, these services and this funding came from the community. This was not given to yeah. us. Yeah. And... You know, thankfully, we we have progressive uh, board of supervisors who are aligned with the way that we that they understand the issues and the struggles that the community faces, and we are very thankful for uh, the supervisors for amplifying our voices at the board of supervisors at City Hall, and they're the ones also pushing and helping us, you know, um, reach out to other board of supervisors and making claims with us and bringing out the community. So we, we are thankful for those supervisors who do support us and do amplify our voices, but again. And we cannot stray away from 
these these um these equities that are that that are re are given back to us were not given mm-hmm. to us out of the sky they yeah. were fought by the community yes yeah you yeah. yeah. fought for it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh they've spent so much money i know so many people that have been working for years and years to get their papers they spend so much freaking money they could be putting that into their kids college fund or something right just yeah. to play like paying for crazy expensive lawyers but then if only they'd known about your type of organization they would have saved thousands and thousands of dollars i'm assuming (laughs) (laughs) well you know what and 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 shout out to all the the private attorneys and private firms who um do amazing work as well because immigration is really complicated right so we do and at our capacity we do as much as possible Mm -hmm. but some of the private attorneys who who deal with more complicated cases Mm -hmm. are are the people who um uh we we shout out because they're the experts and they know exactly what to do because there's you know there's the immigration and there's there's you know the crimmigration the the intersectionality between uh criminal uh quote-unquote criminal whatever that means and immigration in terms and then there's also uh there's trafficking and there's victims of crime and then there's uh you know all these layers all these intersections that people need to realize and as a community organization we are we don't have oftentimes the resources to tackle on those applications, so that's why we look towards those private attorneys. Yes, who do charge, you know, uh, you know, a lot of money, but they give extremely great work, and and we love a lot of our our, our private partners. Yeah, the results are usually pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, luckily I grew up. Uh, my mom. Uh, well, I'm Mexican and Costa Rican, and so my my family's from the mission, and I don't know if it's because that's where they're from, but I always grew up knowing my rights, and my mom always made sure. Mm-hmm. At work, you know how many breaks you get. This is mm-hmm. the minimum wage. These like My mom made sure I knew my rights, so that's why I usually have issues at, because I've worked at a lot of cafes and little restaurants where they try to cut corners, and I go, no, no. it's time for my break, and they get all mad, and then I end up having to go to... Department of Justice and being like, I need to file some paperwork because these people don't know the law and I do. And that's how I think I try to inform a lot of people that I've worked with also at little restaurants and cafes, usually Latino people. Mm-hmm. I make sure mm-hmm. they know their rights. I remember working at one place where um, it was just me and him. I was the only one that spoke English. He was the cook, only spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first day being like, so how do we take breaks if like I have to always be here you always have to be here he's like oh well when there's downtime and I'm like well if someone walks in then I have to that's not how it works and I would just always like rant and be like no that's not how and you just ex- he's like no it's okay and I'm like no eso no es no, está bien. no that is not the law you need to stand up but then you know he didn't have his papers so he gets exploited works you know two jobs on his feet all freaking day and mm-hmm. then he's mm-hmm. looked at you know he's an immigrant though so. well I don't know if you want to say something, yeah. Roman. Oh, no, please. <laughs> no, but even you know, even then, if you do not have documents, you know, you are providing a service to someone, and mm-hmm. regardless of the fact, you need to pay them accordingly. Yeah. And again, yes, employers want to take, um, you know, want to cut corners on that, but that's not okay. Yeah. You know, and again, if you take legal status out of the picture or able to work you again you're not going to ask the the little boy or the kid down the street that who's going to babysit my child oh can i see your documents oh i don't have any okay well i'm instead of charging to instead of giving you twenty dollars for babysitting my child i'm gonna give you ten dollars like no you're providing a service to somebody Mm -hmm. and you need to pay them accordingly and it's despicable and it is disgusting when people do not pay their workers for a job that they're providing yes Mm -hmm. you know and that's and that is a that is disrespectful and that is 
um, truly humiliating. You're taking away the dignity and respect of a human being for providing a service that you otherwise would not be getting. Mm-hmm. You know, so I we need to make sure that we are empowering our community members, our workers, and again. Yep. Just because they don't speak uh, English does not mean that they're not, I mean, they're not stupid. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, they know exactly what is happening, you know, mm-hmm. and again, and, and people are afraid of speaking up because they're afraid of being fired. But yeah. guess what? That's retaliation. And they can, they can yep. uh, file a complaint with the labor commission because mm-hmm. they can't do that, you yeah. know? And, and so, and our office handles a lot of, um, you know, workers' rights uh, claims. And again, empowering our workers to know their rights to say, yes, after every two hours, I need a break. You know, I need to take a 30 minute lunch. I need to take this. If I'm working over eight hours legally and fe- I mean, federally speaking, I need to be paid overtime. If not, you need to send me home. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so, um, again, and so what we're doing now, especially with this, you know, this whole Cheeto man, Trump era <laughs> happening is we are, you know, with SFI and SFLDC and a lot of our coalitions, I'm also a part of the free SF and shout out to free SF for their amazing work that they do is, um, uh, we are empowering and we're, we're going out to restaurants and, you know, and a lot of restaurants who are well-intentioned want to become sanctuary restaurants and, you know, and making sure that their workers and, and the employers and employees are empowered and they know their rights in case of an ice raid right so this can be kind of taken both ways of saying okay well if i go to for example uh buy right shout out to buy right again for supporting their local community organizations so thank you buy right so if buy right knows exactly what to do when ice comes in and in and you know make sure that their patrons and their workers and people who are there are protected and safe in case there's an ice raid in case there's a an emergency or whether there's a um you know, just something awful happening and Byright responds correctly, then the community will know, hey, Byright is down. Byright mm. knows what's up. Byright mm. will, will you know, defend its workers and its patrons and, and people who are there or the community members. So we are making sure that we are at our capacity uh, training our employees, training uh, restaurant workers and owners to know how to act if there's an emergency going on. You know, and, awesome. and whether that's, um, you know, again, as as citizens, you know, as we as we like to. Uh, yesterday, I was on a panel for Aquesta, the Center for um, Sustainable uh, for Urban Education and Sustainable Agriculture, um, and we were talking about you know using our citizenship privilege to shield those who don't have documents or to put our bodies on the line to say, hey, ICE agent. Let me see the warrant. Or you know what? You're not welcome. This is private property. You need to leave. I want to see a warrant. Is it signed by a judge? Does it have correct information? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, that's where the people who don't speak English can use someone who speaks English and is yep. a citizen to advocate for them. This totally. is the time if people who are listening want to stand up to injustices, well, you start doing that. Yeah. You know, start, be the interpreter, be the shield, be the person who is standing up for the people who can't stand for themselves at the moment. Yeah. You know? And, and we talk about food and we talk about workers and, um, you know, and, and people who harvest it and whatnot. You talk about food, you talk about immigrant rights. Yep. You know, you talk about one of 10 California workers are undocumented, you know. Mm-hmm. So you think about all these facets of, of people, these intersections, and you think about, wow, it goes back to equity. It goes back to, you know, respecting someone's dignity and, and, and livelihood mm-hmm. uh, to provide uh, um a, a better life for their family you yeah. know so that's just you know so I don't go off on a tangent so oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> tangent yeah, exactly. yeah that's, what, that's what this is here for yeah. wonderful wonderful yeah. yeah it's giving people space to speak yeah and speaking yeah. of you know agriculture 
I said I was work, I worked at Whole Foods, and it's funny how it's on totally different levels. People that work there aren't treated well, but then the fruit that they're preparing is made probably by people they know. They're getting paid a lot less, and mm-hmm. I made sure people that I worked with or customers knew what not to buy because I do my research. Me like don't buy Driscolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was just thinking about, I was over at someone's house recently, and like I saw it in the I they had Driscoll's strawberries in the kitchen, and I was like, and you're like I, no, yeah, exactly. And like I'm sure if they knew the information, you know, it's like people don't intentionally go out and buy it but if you don't if you don't know then you wouldn't yeah. have any mm-hmm. reason yeah. not to buy it I mean yeah. they did uh, I think a couple months uh, months ago and I'm not defending Driscoll's but I, uh, <laughs> a couple months ago I think the union was actually negotiating oh. uh, the working conditions and um, paying uh, uh, livable wages and again yeah. uh, breaks and whatnot. so that that's a start yes that is a start totally. but as 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 woke uh, community members, we need to you know make sure that we hit them in their pockets and yes. their mm-hmm. profits, and and making sure that look, we're not going to shy away. If you are somewhat, if you are exploiting, not giving breaks, if you are being you know explicitly racist, then you know we are going to bla- blacklist you. We're going to put you on a no list, yes. you know, mm-hmm. of until you start having those conversations that may be uncomfortable, but they're necessary. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, we will not purchase from you. Or we will not do this to you. You know, and again and. And this is for people who are listening who want, who are well intentioned, saying, "What can I do? What can yes. I do?" Well, you know, do your research. Are is the gro- are the groceries that you're buying? Are they you know uh, from companies that are treating their workers correctly? Mm-hmm. Little things like that. Little and 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 this might be a, a little uh, modification to your life or your diet. But you know, it's it's knowing that your modification, your diet is changed because you're giving someone else. Dignity and respect, then good for you. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> Happily do that. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But yeah, I mean, like in this case, you know, we need to be aware. And and you know, when people tell tell me, Edwin, you know, after um, you know, forty five, <laughs> I keep changing his name, forty five, yeah. Cheeto Man. Yeah. I, you know, after he gets elected, you know, Edwin, what do what do we do? Like, how do we we do this? And it's yeah. slow and steady. It's a marathon. It's not a race. And we yeah. and people have said that often. And. And we need to remember that this fight will win when our most vulnerable are protected. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that is with trans women. That is with our trans brothers and sisters. That is with people, the disabled. That is with immigrants who don't have documents, people who are in detention centers. The day that, that they are treated with respect and dignity and have equitable rights is the day that this movement will win. Yes. And so we need to realize that, you know, again, it's an intersectional marathon Mm -hmm. it's not it's no longer your struggle versus my struggle no 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 no. you and i are more connected than ever before again we're talking about we're talking about workers and food and Mm -hmm. how that that translates to you know immigrant rights and and sanctuary spaces and you know trans women and men and and are are you know need sanctuary in their own restaurants as well you know if if business owners who are listening to me right now if you want to make a difference in your the way that you practice and you and you um uh have your business will have uh, gender neutral restrooms oh yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like simple things like that and it's like (laughs) and it's not like and and you know have two gender neutral restrooms now if and it's usually like you know when the women's restrooms is so long and the men's restroom is so short and it's like no just make them gender neutral everyone can use the restroom yeah Yeah. you know and it's it's specifically for trans women or or trans men who who come to your restaurant and because they love your food and they love who uh, it's located they want to feel safe just yeah. using the damn restroom at your restaurant yeah. for goodness yeah. sake you know it's so such easy. a relief like yeah. when I go into a space with gender neutral bathrooms it's I can't tell you how yeah. much of a relief it is yeah. just to have that option yeah it's beautiful yeah mm-hmm. and so 
um, you know, when we talk about with immigrant rights and, and trans women, trans Latinas specifically, you know, and, and being detained and being booked and and yeah. and in in opposite, you know, uh, yeah. sexes yeah. and genders yeah. and they're tra- and they're misgendering yeah. and, and they're not providing uh, the medication that they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that is all against the law. Like and this is, you know, and again, shout out to Jenny Seth Eva Gutierrez. I was just thinking about I her. love her to death. She, she, called out, she called out Obama. That was so fucking awesome. Well, you know what? Actually, and, and this is and this is the issue. This is the issue within the LGBT community. And I'm not yeah. here to speak speak um, um, for Jenny Seth because she can do that herself and she's a chingona. I absolutely love her yes. for doing that. Yeah. Um, and she is, and you know, her existence is resistance, as she says. And this yes. is I'm just trying to speak on 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 her movement, but I'm not trying to take a shy away sure. from that. Okay, so. Jenny said when she spoke out against um, Obama, you know, at the time, people just were reading um, headlines saying, oh, there's a heckler who shut up Obama. And people from the LGBT community were saying, oh, Obama shut shut this person down. Oh, he's such a badass, whatever. But it's like until people opened up the article and actually did the research of saying who this person was, they were like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And they're like, but that's exactly what happens to the, our trans uh, brothers and sisters in our community yeah. is saying we're constantly shutting them up. We're mm-hmm. constantly erasing um, their history. Yes. Marsha P. Johnson, shout out. Yeah. Sylvia Rivera. <laughs> Sylvia Rivera, yeah. you know, yeah. shout out. So we're constantly erasing these histories. Yeah. And that's the issue. These people, the most marginalized, marginalized people in our communities need to be in the front lines of this movement yes. in order to make effective and actual change. Yes. Yep. yep. Exactly. It's so true. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Man. So that's, you know, that's just, uh, uh, a little of my thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I, it. Yeah, right on board with that. You know, and it's and it's also like, you know, you know, folks who are listening or anyone who's out there and you know, it's it's we need to 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 take a step back, you know, and again, then this is in 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 checking our privilege and people are are always so uncomfortable with unpacking what that means. And that yeah, yeah. and that's the simple fact of acknowledging that you're in a space that's not traditionally yours is so much respect and it is so and it gives people like wow this person is acknowledging who they are right now and they're giving us the space and and the limelight to to talk about our movement again i'm not here to speak on all these other movements i'm not i'm just here to notify other people who may not know about the movements to look these people up these are the people who are leading our liberty leading our freedom into the future like i said jenny said Chingona Isa Noyola, Juni Parangelica uh, Xiomara from UC Berkeley, who's also from Azusa. Um, you know, so and and so we need to realize that when we're checking our privilege as citizens, we're standing up for those who don't have citizenship. If you're an able-bodied person on Muni or public transportation, mm-hmm. and there's someone who's young sitting at the disabled in the front of the bus, yeah. well, you tell that person to stand up because mm-hmm. there's there's you know abuelita trying to get on the bus and trying to sit down with her with her bags. Yeah. You know, that is standing up to injustices. That is what a, a, a quote unquote ordinary person can do to make change every single day yep. yeah. and, and advocate for those or amplify the voices of those who are most vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's called being a decent human, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to, uh, you know, we elected a non-decent human. So yes. we have to re, you know, we have to make sure we tell people, hey, yeah. be a decent human. <laughs> yeah, hey, get your ass up, let that grandma sit down. You know, and it's also the golden rule, you yes. know, yeah. we need to respect that. We need yeah, to treat others. 
others treat mm-hmm. others the way you would like to be treated and just simple respect mm-hmm. you know Aretha Franklin didn't sing that song for nothing yeah, yeah that's yeah. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we need <laughs> yeah. speaking of which we could take a little bit of a music break and then Fantastic. come back in a bit <laughs> awesome yeah mm-hmm. oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just uh, one moment here while I get this all set up yeah. Welcome back to the weekly review. Yay. We just heard some good news. I know. So uh, shout out to my partner who's actually listening to this uh, um, radio interview. He just told me that uh, Trump pulled out the bill of Trump Care before the vote, and Trump Care is now dead. Yes. <laughs> Yay! So shout out to him and his family, who's probably listening, and my family too, who's listening right now too. <laughs> oh, yay. yay! Love wins. <laughs> Love does win. I was just, you know, before we took a break, I was just telling uh, Roman and everyone else, it's like that, um, you know, the good thing is, and sometimes our friends and our family, you know, they don't realize that their existence and their loving someone who does this work mm-hmm. means so much to us, yes. you know, and it can be emotionally draining. It can be emotionally, um, um, just heavy that our family and our friends truly mean a lot to us. And, you know, a simple hug, hello, 
you know, hey, I love you. Hey, keep it going. It just it gets us going. Absolutely. Yep. It is, because it's, it's the kind of work where, like, ideally we do it to put ourselves out of business. Like, we want to create the world and change the world so that we no longer have to advocate mm-hmm. yep. for a fair world. Yeah, I know. It was, and, it was awesome. Um, last week, I mentioned my some crappy stuff that had happened to my mom with cops. And I called my mom and told her. I was like, oh, I did this little radio show, and... I talked about you, and she's like, oh, God, what did you say about me? I was like, don't worry. Like, I told her, like, I was a little afraid that she'd be like, oh, why'd you talk about that? But my mom was happy. Like, she started retelling me the story of yeah. her getting beaten by cops. And she's like, I can't believe that happened. These fucking piece of shit cops. And then she's like, I'm so proud of you, baby. Yeah, and I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, like, so important to, like, be able to tell the story. And I think that's something that's also going back to the idea of, like, history and whose history is told and from which perspective is told and how important it is. And also recognizing that not everyone has a chance to tell their stories mm-hmm. and being able to provide a, you know, space for people to, to do that, to tell their, their truth is really crucial. Yep. This yeah. stuff happens. <laughs> you know, it, it happens all the time. And, and, you know, like I said, my, um, I'm so thankful again, my parents, my mom, hella chingona and my dad's just a strong man. Mm. Um, and, and my family who they never made it a secret how they came to the country. Yeah. They never made it a secret um, you know, the struggles and thankfully, you know, my parents, my mom, you know, she worked two to three jobs. So did my dad, you know, my brother and I were uh, the ones in charge of, of the house and, you know, going to school and just, uh, you know, a lot of stuff happening. And so I owe a lot of my obviously success, uh, or quote unquote success or whatever that means success, even like living every single day yeah, or working, yeah. going to, going to work every day is a success. You know, I owe that to them because they never made it a secret of, the, of how they came. Mm-hmm. And that opened my eyes to say, wow, what a privilege what they sacrificed their life they didn't even my mama used to always say she's like i'm only gonna go to to the united states for a year and i'm coming back and she's been here for like 29 years (laughs) so um you know so you know thankfully that that, that's what happened but um you know and and so we just need to acknowledge our family's history and really you know ask if you haven't had the the chance to ask because probably your parents are 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 a little paranoid of that what that might do to you Mm -hmm. you know you take a risk ask how what happened you know when your grandparents parents how you came to the country and 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 because the oldest form of news is storytelling and we learned that from the indigenous people and the native americans that the way that this information was passed down was by storytelling yeah and that really you know motivated people to do the right thing to you know water is life and food is life and you know respecting our our elders or our ancestors and and really there's so much power that comes from knowing where you come from oh yeah Oh yeah, you know, and there's so much power with call or labeling yourself and acknowledging who you are, whether that's label or not. Mm -hmm. That is power that you're saying. You know what? I'm not going to let a label, you know, label me (laughs) or like or tell me who I am. Yeah. But there's so much power for you saying that. You know, whether you say I'm a Latino today, I'm a Mexican tomorrow, I'm a queer Latino the next day. There's Mm -hmm. so much power because I acknowledge who I am, and it's Mm -hmm. difficult. I know people who still struggle with this every single day and shout out to them for being strong every single day yeah. uh, for doing that. But there again, the, that process is so unique and so powerful because not everyone does that. Yeah. You ask someone like, they'll ask you like, Oh, are you gay? And it's like, are you straight? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, well, good for you. I mean, you know, that you had to be told this instead of you acknowledging or coming to process 
or, or who you really are instead of you being dictated who you should be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. You know, so it, it just, it gives you so much power, yeah. you know, from that. So shout yeah. out to everyone out there for that. <laughs> yeah. No, it took me a long time to, to open, because I'm Mexican and Costa Rican. Growing up, I would always say I was Costa Rican. But the older I've gotten, I, I'm now usually I'm like, I'm Mexican. So mm-hmm. especially being in the mission makes me like more proud. And I'm like, I am Mexican. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to say, yeah, oh, I'm Costa Rican. And I love my mom, but I fucking love Mexican food, Mexican music. I'm like, I need to hold on to that and be proud. And I'm like, yeah, they're immigrants because a lot of them are freaking immigrants. Mm-hmm. They worked hard for everything they have. Luckily, I made it. I speak English. I speak Spanish. You got to be proud of that and right. tell everybody, yeah, I'm Mexican. I love right. when people assume I'm white or something. And the moment mm. I'm like, no, Mexican. That's it. <laughs> like, but, but your mom's white? No. <laughs> well, it's also, you know, um, again, and something that La Raza Central Legal is trying to do is we're changing that narrative. We're tra- we're changing that stereotype of, you know, everyone, thankfully, um, either in our office is, a, is an ally or is Latino or is marginalized. And so we're, we, we are changing that narrative of... You think of an immigrant, you think of, you know, obviously you think of someone brown because you don't think of an immigrant as someone white. Yeah. Um, and we, we're trying to change that. It's saying, okay, well, if you think I'm brown, I'm also educated. I'm also A, B, C, and D. You know, yeah. I'm empowered. I know what I need to do. I, I'm, you know, and so we, we are showing up that, you know, there are Latinas in leadership. There are Latinas in power. You know, yeah. shout out to Annie Rivera from Galeria de la Raza. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a queer chingona as well who, you know, she's changing the narrative. Her existence of being in this position as an executive director of a nonprofit on twenty mm-hmm. Calle 24 mm-hmm. is a lot. Yeah. You know, that in itself is changing the narrative. Because to be honest, the systems that are in place and institutions that we live in were made to fail us mm-hmm. and we need to call that out yeah. and oh, so yeah. yep. and and for us to to and it wasn't easy of course i mean we trials and tribulations and you know xyz financial aid money um <laughs> education you know housing yep. food sustenance like that that wasn't given to us nope. none of it was and not i'm not saying that it's given to other people but i'm saying it cost us 10 times the fight to get half of what our counterparts are having yet we're still succeeding at high rates mm-hmm. you know we're changing that stereotype that narrative that oh these are criminals and these are rapists and whatever it's like where where are you obviously they're getting their news from somewhere else yep. and we will not we shall not give them publicity for that yes. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so um you know but it's but in the same sense it's it's uh we're you know we're we're moving on up you know we are taking matters into our own hands and creating effective change in our community because we know exactly what the um what this road looks like and we're letting people know hey there's a wall right there hey if you don't want to face it do this do that you know hey let me give you good advice hey let me be that helping hand if you need something you let me know yep oh it's so important Oh, man. Especially if you speak Spanish, you got to be there for them. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. And even then, if you don't, even if there's people, interpreters and people who can help you, you know, achieve uh, success in your community. And it's, you know, when people always tell me, um, you know, at La Raza, like, oh, well, I don't speak Spanish. And well, you know, even administrative work or even working with an interpreter, working with the, the attorney, are you writing down notes or whatever? That helps people. Mm-hmm. You know, I had... Um, 
I have uh, an intern from uh, University of San Francisco. I'm a USF uh, alumni. And um, she was helping me study um, citizenship questions with a client of mine. And so, you know, and, and she spoke uh, very conversational Spanish. And, you know, and our client thankfully understood English. And the interview was going to be in English. So we studied together. And, you know, we went to the interview successfully. Uh, he became a citizen. So, yay. Um, and, I, and I told my intern, you had a part in this. Oh, yeah. Because of your willingness and your patience and you studying with my client, you helped him become a citizen, oh. you know? And so there's so much power, whether or not you speak Spanish or not, whether you can, you know, and studying with someone, you know, um, just talking to them, you know, even making copies, you're helping the process because yep. we can't do it ourselves, you yep. know? So mm-hmm. any way possible you can help is is very, very much appreciated. Oh, totally. Yeah. When um, I worked at the restaurant where they tried not giving us breaks, <laughs> um, well, they tried not giving me breaks. I took my breaks. The other people <laughs> were a little bit more afraid, but um, they tried screwing those people over so many times. I remember they brought out papers in English, even though they knew no one spoke English. They brought out some paperwork for them to sign off, and it was, you know, here in San Francisco, they have like the San Francisco some medical thing where if you're a citizen or a if you, SF mandate, yeah, maybe? the SF yeah, mandate. Yeah, uh-huh. I know, I knew all about that because I've been working here for a while and so I know I'm supposed to be given some extra money on the side for Mm. medical expenses and they gave us this paper and they were like oh just sign it and I read it obviously and it was for us to waive our right to Mm -mm. receive that Mm -mm. and I like looked at it and laughed and like they were like my coworkers were like oh yeah firma you know just sign it and I was like oh hell no no don't sign it no I like I was there like no don't any of y'all sign that just leave it right there where it was and then they tried doing it again like six months later which was interesting because it's only supposed to be every year Mm -hmm. but they were Mm -hmm. just you know saying like oh here you guys sign Sign it it. sign Sign it it. and I never did they didn't either then when I left left because of labor issues um i asked where's my money for you know that sf mandate and they gave me a copy of of like over my email and my signature was on it but it was an electronic signature from when i did my tax papers Ew. So, yeah i was like this is some shady shit and i like i took that to the what is it the, the job, labor commission, yeah, labor commission and labor i was board. like i never mm-hmm. signed this you can ask all my coworkers because i went off on all of them I was like, don't you dare sign it and it was it was all bad i mean i won that battle luckily and hopefully all the other people there got their money too because they had all been screwed over with breaks and all that but it was something as simple as me being able to read it and go to read and just, the access to just knowing what it said and I was literacy. like yeah it's basic thing you know and obviously these people can't really work or can't go to school to learn because they have to work two jobs you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of a yeah little things like that help that yeah that is that is the struggle that we face um you know again it's and and we you know, and I'll speak on, on a personal note, you know, like my parents, you know, came to the country and, and they were able to um, adjust through um, IRCA in 1985, 1886. And, you know, because they're working fields and, and, and that's how they got uh, their documentation. And so, you know, and you think about, okay, well, they have documentation. They've done their taxes. They've sent us to school. They've never broken the law. I'm like, thankfully, my parents have never gotten to an accident or thankfully they've never um, even have a misdemeanor on their, on their record. They have clean records, okay? Beautiful. And they all 
always told us, keep a clean record, don't, you know, this and that and whatever. And I'm always just paranoid about it too. Yeah. And so, because they instilled it in, in me. And so you think about their, you know, the, the, the rhetoric, the right, you know, of saying, well, pull yourself up from your bootstrap, start a business. Okay, we've done that. Okay, do your taxes. We did that too. Okay, documentation. We did that too. Okay, so when when the hell is our break, man? Yep. When when do, when can my parents say, "Hey, I'm gonna take time off to go to school"? Because guess what? It's not free where I'm from, mm-hmm. you know, or it's not low cost or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have to like you know Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. you know, longer hours for lower wages, you know, yeah. and. My parents can't take off that extra two hours of work to go to school, yep. you know, because they have to pay mortgages and they have to pay their bills. And yes, we're not at home at the currently, but for goodness gracious, I live in the most expensive city in the States. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that I can subsidize or, or send money to my parents either. It's yeah. we're on the both in the same boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, when is our break? When is, you know, and it's and, and people will, will bring out the right will bring out like one or two successful stories. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. right. But there's also like three million of us yep. here. Yep. And when are you going to tell us that? You know, mm-hmm. pulling up ourselves from the bootstraps, you're gonna, you know, make it on life and social mobility. And yeah. it's like, last thing, last time I saw, I was just barely floating. So, you know, yeah. I, I, w- what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> they want you to sleep uh, three to four hours a night, work your two jobs, and then go to college. And understand that most yeah. people <laughs> here have had, you know, generations of work, generations of structure, generations, there's a legacy in higher institutions, you know, thankfully I'm the first person in my family to go to the univer- to university and graduate, oh, you know, congrats. and that, thank, well, thank you, but I'm also thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, yeah. you know, and because they told you, go to, you know, social mobility, go to school, okay, well, I can't afford it, well, you know, work hard, okay, well, I worked full-time, went to school full-time, interned, and all this other stuff, and now I'm still thousands of dollars in debt, like, you know, what's your excuse now? Well, you shouldn't go to school, but you told me that I need to go to school to get social mobility. So what am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, and it's like, yes, I'm going to sit here and, you know, and I've, and I've blood, sweat and tears. I have worked my butt off and yes, I've been here, but it was not an easy road. And I will tell you, you know, don't use me as an example because I'm still struggling today and I'm don't be putting or pitting the good immigrant versus the bad immigrant or the educated immigrant versus the the non-educated. That's such a meritocracy. Yes. Yeah. It, that's Ugh. dangerous you can't do that yeah. you know and you can't say you know like well Oprah and Obama did it so why isn't the rest of Black uh, America doing it and it's like uh, that's no you, you know <laughs> shut that up yeah and it's like yes you know Oprah <laughs> did do it but you know there's also millions of other people who are struggling every day because of voter suppression because of gerrymandering because of you know uh, lack of access of clean water yes. Flint, Michigan yeah. Yeah. you know yep. and and you, you know what I'm saying so there there are all these social structures and institutions that are really battling against people uh, who are marginalized. And I'm not going to say minority because there's nothing minor about me and mm-hmm. my culture and my people. So yeah. people who are mar- disenfranchised and marginalized and people who are stripped from their unalienable rights yep. guaranteed by the Constitution. So those constitutional experts come talk to me, you know, yeah. because they're trying to put this piece of paper ahead of anyone else and saying, well, actually, you're a second-class citizen because of that. And it's like, no. Uh, last thing I knew, under the Equal Protections Clause of the 14th Amendment, we have equal rights. Yeah. 
you know whether you're documented or undocumented or not you have the right to remain silent you have the rights for un unreasonable searches and seizures without probable cause mm-hmm. you have the right to your freedom of speech and freedom to assemble and freedom to petition and you know uh, you have all these rights given to you mm-hmm. okay so you are going to manipulate this document to put one population against the other and uphold you know white supremacy in this case and uphold values of people who've been here for long periods of time and putting immigrants against each other Mm -hmm. that is divisive and dangerous language and we need to remember if we're going to win we're going to win as united people Mm -hmm. fighting against this administration that is illegitimate Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that the people who are again in the front lines are those who are the most marginalized yep yep Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. Mic drop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a microphone, so we could actually yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Yeah, and I do appreciate more people coming together and recognizing that we have to like support each other. No, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, that's always been the case, and now, like, thankfully, mm-hmm. I think that more and more people are, are recognizing that. Yeah, and it, you know, and and people are are well intentioned. I'm not gonna say that they're not. It's just people are not educated, or they're naive, or not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two struggles, you know. Again, I don't. I'm not going to assume that the person across the street is is you know a bigot or a racist or whatever. But you know, there's also white silence is deadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's like if you're going to be an ally into this movement, open your ears, talk mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, stand up for an injustice. If you don't know a lot about immigration, come talk to me. Go go, you know, to all these you know SFI and SFLDC. Go talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if you are you know really into food justice, go talk to Cuesta, the Center for Sustainable uh, for uh, Urban edu- Education and Sustainable Agriculture. Go talk to how we can get more access to good healthy food to the communities you live in yeah. you know and it's also these you know if if um if people are asking about you know affordable housing and whatnot don't talk don't don't displace people in the mission go talk to city hall and tell them that developers don't have access to open lots and creating luxury condos and displacing more people and making sure and making rent 20 times as expensive yep you know if you are well-intentioned and you want to make a difference pay attention and learn and educate yourself on the struggles of other people yes mm-hmm. yep so they're all around us <laughs> oh man one of the uh hardest working people i know is one of the, like most quiet little mexican ladies she's a single mom she came here with her two kids with a coyote across the desert mm-hmm. has three more kids that are mm-hmm. citizens two of her kids aren't so she's had a long struggle with immigration papers and her kids mm-hmm. trying to get them mm-hmm. papers mm-hmm. And she works at a McDonald's. And you just, you're like, there's this quiet Mexican lady. And then she goes and cleans houses afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And barely, like, she lives, like, in a bedroom with her kids. Just and to put food on the table. Just, yeah, basically, you know, they eat McDonald's all the time because she gets, you know, she works yeah, at McDonald's. Yeah, she there. And it's, you know, unhealthy. It's and- unhealthy, exactly. And it's, like, little things like, like, access to good food. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the most hardworking people there. She's so quiet, though. And And people are always like, well, we need to fix the conditions in their national, in their, in their country, and this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, open a book that is not Eurocentric because a lot of these quote unquote free trade agreements, NAFTA, for example, mm-hmm. CAFTA, um, these uh, coups, Salvador Allende, and, um, and, um, and uh, crap, I totally missed out mm-hmm. on Salvador Allende. And what country is he from? I totally forgot. Anyways, yes. so, um, you know, and, and there's the, the, the military coups for these countries to have autonomy and sovereignty and they're more um, on the left that are more socialist or more um, 
social democratic or communist or whatever and trying to lift up their people out of poverty and the yeah. United States says no you're no. not yeah. not today mm-hmm. and they do military and then there's military coups and, and whatnot and then there's voter suppression civil rights suppression and then there's violence that is enacted because anyone who tries to speak against these right-wing governments are being killed. Yeah. That yeah. is what makes people move. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. My parents never in a million years thought that they would make a life in the United States. That was not their that was not their 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 goal, you know, as as well as in 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 Europe, in in um in Ireland for example, potato famine, yeah. you know? Like people left because there wasn't any food. It was just the conditions that happened, capitalism. you know, capitalism as well. And so, you know, and and we need to understand that you know people aren't these and i'm gonna tell you until you sit in a room with a six-year-old boy telling you how he came to the country on a train you're not going to understand what it is to migrate to this country mm-hmm. you know and and again people are always are quick to say that and it's are, like are you kidding me are you you know and and again you can't have free uh trade agreements or free um yeah, free trade agreements without the free movement of people. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up your stuff and going yep. where you need to go, you know. And, yep. and you know, some companies do better in other states, other countries, and, and other people like living in, in other places, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. but now you're looking at this now Trump, this Trump care that's now dead. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at, at um, you know, they're saying, well, if you don't like your, your coverage, move states. <laughs> Cause it's that easy because right? it's that easy yeah. you know again you're 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 creating immigration yeah. within your your states yeah. and and it's also a ploy to move people get red states red mm-hmm. you know and blue states blue yeah, and then you're changing doing. they know that they're yeah. not dumb and they're getting the big old tax breaks yeah. you know but again it's not as easy as you know oh you need to you know you need to stay in your country and fix your issues again these you know people are like build that wall let me tell you some of that the where the border and within the united states and mexico is at is inaccessible you you can't access it with heavy machinery and cars it's a desert yeah exactly De- and people walk for hours if not days through this desert yep okay <laughs> and you know and, and and they're building this wall and this machinery and it's like this wall is not literally people don't have access to Mm-hmm. There's a river running through part of this, of of the border. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna build a wall on a river or on each other side. But mm-hmm. guess what? Guess who's paying for it? We are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our tax dollars, our stuff that we're paying for, you know, imported things. That is being. We are paying for the wall. So guess what, Trump supporters? You've been bamboozled again yeah. for mm-hmm. doing for for that. You know. So mm-hmm. it, it it again it it just mind boggles me the mm-hmm. way that people are so you know just one uh i'll say unifaceted mm-hmm. instead of multifaceted yeah, right. <laughs> if that's a word but that's just mm-hmm. that yeah 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 i read recently though that oakland has decided to boycott or not work with any companies that would supply any of the goods to build the wall oh san francisco and, is doing that as well yeah, yeah. So there's been a few cities that have gotten on board with that heck yeah well it's kind of even like uh with standing rock yes you yes. know and divesting yes. from wells fargo yes. and divesting yes. from these companies that are supporting Which, yeah this this snake yeah you know and it's like all of a sudden uh this pipeline was all you know already ready to go in like two days with material made from another country that Mm -hmm. it may or may not be colluding or (laughs) collaborating with the Trump administration Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it it just does not make sense of course not no it's not honest (laughs) and it's 
treachery, you know, it's poisonous for the land and for the people. Mm-hmm. And some one positive thing, though, is I've heard that there have been some places along the pipeline that people have sabotaged yes. to try to dismantle the pipeline. Mm, there you go. So, Heck yeah. Well, again, again, people standing up. It's like the people that change things. Yeah. That's, right, right. And it's the mm. community. And, you know, God bless um, or bless, because, you know, if you don't believe in God or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, the ACLU and these national organizations, because they do are they're doing amazing work at um, in the courts. And we are we have been winning in the courts and upholding the Constitution. But you also have to remember that the gra- community organizations and grassroots organizations are the ones on the ground making the immediate yeah change yes yes okay because again and we and we and i'm wearing my ice out of sf shirt brought to you by uh free sf we love you um and it's and you know um like i said most of our board of supervisors and um that are 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 with us you know um at that time david campos and john avalos and now hillary ronan and sandra lee fewer who is my district supervisor um they 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 support what we do but guess what they let us lead this movement and they are amplifying our voices due process for all was not given to us we fought for that Mm -hmm. universal representation after we you know and and um uh um, you know the Pope Defender and and, and Nilu from uh, Pangea Legal Services and, and a bunch of different people. Um, they were working before and anticipating a Trump winning. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Trump won. So we yeah. were we were advising City Council. Hey, by the way, this is going to happen. Yeah. We need we need to revamp our services and protect our community. And said no, it's not going to happen. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. And guess what? It happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were pressuring our our officials and and moving this resolution through one committee and another committee and the board of supervisor chambers and the mayor and this is and that and guess what on november 9th they all stood in front of city hall saying we're going to be a sanctuary city for everybody and god bless the usa and we're going to stand with our immigrant community and it says okay mayor and and our elected officials how about you allocate x funding for our community organizations to Mm -hmm. to amp to build up our capacity so we can we can help the community Mm -hmm. oh no we don't have money for that (laughs) of course not <laughs> oh, but you, oh, you have money to sweep up the homeless folks, yeah. right? And yep. and mm-hmm. you have money to approve a thirteen million dollar parking lot, mm, but no. you can't. And you gave us one point, you know. And I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to go into the numbers because it, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound ungrateful. But yeah. this happened because of the community organizations, and yeah. and thankfully because of our awesome public defender Jeff Adachi mm-hmm. and everyone in their community, SF Island and SF DC, um, and ninety one agencies signed on to support this <sighs> unfortunately we asked for 10 public defenders for universal representation immigration court but we got and seven paralegals but we got three attorneys and one paralegal something mm-hmm. is something we're going to keep fighting for more and to truly be a sanctuary city we need universal representation yeah mm-hmm. amen yes <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> it's inspirational oh and so good yeah it's, thank you, you owe it to the community yeah you gotta you got to community your parents uh, work too hard none of this to be is quiet <laughs> right none of this was was my effort no 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 this was the community yeah. who yes. did it this mm-hmm. was this was the grassroots organizations who fought and 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 persuaded and made a good case mm-hmm. for universal rep Yes. Oh, so yay for that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you so much for inviting yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned a lot of great organizations and ways that folks can get involved. Is are there any other uh, ways you'd like to mention? 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if, if y'all want to look at it, I'll give this to you, Roman, mm-hmm. later. Um, you know, SF Island, SFL DC, they're great nonprofits that you want to work for. Again, if you can contribute, again, nonprofits, you know, work on very, very little. And so I know a lot of folks want to donate to ACLU, but even the ACLU said, hey, don't forget about your local nonprofits. Yes. Yep. Oh, and yeah. so, um, totally. you know, Planned Parenthood and everyone else. And so, um, what you can do is, like I said, if you can, if you don't have the time, even $5 a month is so, we, as I mean, me as a development director and someone who came through the immigration department at La Raza Centro Legal, we are like, oh my God, we have a monthly sustainer. Thank you so much. We can use that for, you know, supplies and, and, and know your rights material for restaurant workers and other people, yes. you know, and try to help fund us. So you can do that. And also my, my plug um, is... Uh, uh, April 8th and 9th is um, La Raza Centro Legal is partnering with the Chicano International Film Festival and that will be um, that will be here in the mission so we're super yes. excited about that and Ooh, so uh, Chicano yeah. International Film Festival is um you know, the venues are Acción Latina, Galería de la Raza, mm-hmm. and maybe Brava Theater. Um, you know, we're going to have panels on arts and, and resistance, artivism, mm-hmm. gender sexuality, media in the new era, ethnic studies and youth leadership. Um, uh, movies include uh, Defend With Me, Campito Kids, 400 Miles, Amor for, a- for Alex, Luchadoras, Turning mm-hmm. Point, El Otro Barrio. Um, we just have Mercadito, Lowriders on Sunday. It's going to yes. be a blast. So please, oh. if you if you um, have any time, um, you can look up Chicano International Film Festival or on um, Facebook go to La Raza Centro Legal on uh, Facebook and then you can look at our events the Chicano International Film Festival and all that is uh, laid out for you and tickets are now available so please go purchase them now yes right now so right now and also if you're looking um, again like I said sponsoring or even donating to local nonprofits is uh, it's it's just um, we appreciate that so so much and um, again we're having our our 44th annual anniversary gala uh june 16th of this year friday um and that's gonna be at the julie morgan ballroom so please please like la raza centro legal um and stay posted and we will post more information on that if you would like to come and join us absolutely thank you so much yay you're awesome thank you for come back oh my god well whenever you invite me excellent we'll we'll take another music break and we'll be back uh, to finish up the program in just a bit
Welcome back. So we're just wrapping up the show right now. Again, thank you, Edwin, so much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. I had yeah. so much fun here. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to do. Ooh, Ooh there's nothing to, to do. do. There's lots yeah, we, to do. I know. I'm gonna some, bring out do. some Miss Mariah Carey up yeah. in here right now. Yeah, we can we can definitely wrap up the show with some Mariah Carey. <laughs> Although Yay, Mimi. I, I found out uh, a while ago that she she started off as a metalhead when she was in her teens in oh, New yeah. York. She was really but, a, well, yeah. you know, obviously she was in New York, and I I can write a dissertation. I can teach a class. Me and my friend oh, shout sure. out to Noe Garcia. <laughs> uh, we're huge Mariah fans, of course. And so no, she started off like that, and most people don't know. They, they you know I don't want to go on a tangent, but you know she's like oh she's a diva or whatever. But she was rags to riches. Like she, you know, she came from inter- she a biracial family. Her mom was is um, Irish American, and her dad was Afro Venezuelan, and you know and and her dogs were poisoned and they moved like 13 times and mm. there's this like identity crisis and she recalled that in kindergarten she was like drawing this this uh paper this uh family portrait of um of her family and she started using the brown crayon to to draw in her dad and people and some teacher aides were laughing and they're like oh honey you're using the wrong crayon and oh. and and you know mariah was oh. like well that's my dad's color like yeah, what are you gonna you know yeah. and that's traumatizing oh hell yeah and now you know obviously and a lot of her people you know yeah they know like heartbreaker and we belong together and yeah. vision of love but a lot of her unreleased songs talk about being biracial and i and her music really helped me come out and really helped me um you know really saved my life and people are gonna be like what what are you talking about no no, no. mariah carey's music <laughs> saved my life and it saved a lot of and that's why our mariah carey fans are hardcore because <laughs> because when someone saves your life you're eternally grateful and forever indebted yeah. and and she had she has done that and i make sure people know that everywhere i go <laughs> are there any other those songs in particular that really like you know what it's so funny because every single day <laughs> my, my partner makes once fun of me i know no once a day and this is my my get going so there is this uh mariah carey it's called the song's called make it happen but it's oh, a course. but it's it's the live version in oh, tokyo okay. oh, that one or the madison square garden 1995 or the <laughs> yes. tokyo dome in 1996 tokyo, okay. um yes. that that's that song you know that 
you know, you just got to keep on going. Never yeah. knowing if I can make it, if I can take, you know, make yeah. it happen. You just have to oh, make yeah. it happen. And yeah. there's that song I absolutely love, or Fly Like a Bird off of The Emancipation of Mimi, 2005. Okay. And it literally just, you know, it, it gives you so much power, so much hope. And, you know, there's, she has a big old choir in the back, and it just keeps Ugh, you going, man. And it is powerful. Oh, and, yes. you know, there's uh, outside, close my eyes. There's There's got to be a way. She's talking about, you know, if, if you guys like We Are the World, there's got to be a way. Is that 1990s version of that um there's a lot of really good music again uh vanishing uh, uh, vision of love um petals there's a lot of really good music um that comes you know people don't know of right of course it's not going to be on the radio because you want to hear fucking yeah freaking touch my body or like heartbreaker which we love and fantasy you know which we love as well but a lot of the songs that she she has are um really inspirational like, and they've inspired Hero which actually is not her favorite song yeah. Hero, she actually dis- she despised it so much that song was originally written for Gloria Estefan uh-huh. for a song and when she played it um, to a producer she's like no you gotta keep that one and so yeah. of course every national disaster that happens they bring out Mariah and she of sings course. Hero when Barack Obama was inaugurated in 08 mm-hmm. she sang it uh, after 9-11 she sang that too so yeah no 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 God bless Mariah Carey Mariah if you're listening I love you to death please tweet at me if, <laughs> if Mariah were to listen to this show well, I, I, awesome. well, actually, when we went, my friend Noah and I, we went to New York to go see her Christmas show, and we were sitting at the mezzanine at the very top, and so we were jamming out even to her Christmas songs, and you know the whole, you know we were over here like, blah, blah. and so she was singing emotions, and oh, so um, and she has this little line that she says, "I see you up there," and so we literally were up there, and she, I have video, and um, she's actually singing "Joy to the World," and then she's saying. Uh, emotions. She says, I see up there. She waved at me. I was freaking out. I like died and came back to life. I said, oh my goodness, I need to reevaluate my existence. The queen legend Mariah Carey just said hi to me. She said hi to me before again. (laughs) A bunch of other times. But anyways, that's on a tangent. But that's for another day, another show. (laughs) Getting to know more and more about people. I love it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap up the show with a, as requested, a Mariah Carey song. Go Mimi. Yeah. So also want to put the word out for um, for the white stuff, which is the, the anti-racist boot camp we spoke about earlier on the program. Folks can check that out tonight as well as tomorrow night, and that is at Counterpulse at 80 Turk Street, and that is going on from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., and there's a Facebook invite. If you go to the white stuff uh, anti-racist boot camp, you can check out more information about that as well as a discussion. So thanks again, uh, Annie Danger, for calling in. Thank you, Edwin, for, for being here. Thank you, Azalea, for being thank here. You. Yeah, Azalea, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, we will. Oh. Here's some Mariah. I think it's maybe the first time I played Mariah Carey on the show. There you go. There's always a first for everything. I'm, it's, I'm, it's either it's either like very political woke things or there's Mariah Carey on my Twitter. Excellent. There's room for everything. Keep balance. All right. Well, have a great week. Um, coming up next is Global Vow with Women's Magazine, followed by the Common Thread Collective. Have a great week, everybody. Adios. 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 <laughs> We're going to bring out the choir now, Chapel of Hope Choir. Give them a big hand, please. (laughs) And we're going to sing for you a song about believing in yourself. (laughs) And knowing that you can make it happen. That's all you got to do. Not more than three shots years ago I was offended and never alone Without 
You want it? Well, first of all, I have no control over where, who gets this, because I can't throw. So I'm just going to, like, go for Can you it. tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tussle Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.net. 